You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Chester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. You can't make somebody love you. Isn't that true? Love can't be imposed. Love can't be forced. But I remember in primary school, back when it was football at lunchtime, and the teams were picked. On one side, you had one team. On another side, you had the other. And let me be honest, we weren't smart enough as primary school kids to do the whole number system. You know you'd give out numbers and you'd pick at random. No, no, no. It's way too, way too far beyond where we were. So we decided we'd pick two captains. And I remember one lunchtime, my best friend, Matthew Shaw, was the captain to pick teams. I was excited. I was ecstatic. And as we all stood there in a line, Matthew Shaw called out his first pick amongst the line, and he said, I want Lee in my team. Let me tell you, church, I skipped all the way to the bank. I was like, I'm the best footballer in the school. I'm going to be the next George Best, right? My head was massive until the next day where there was a different captain, and I remember standing there in the line. Someone else was picked. Someone else was picked, someone else was picked, and it got down to the last two people, me and another guy. And as I look at him, he looks at me, and the captain goes to make his final pick. He chooses the other guy. I am devastated. Isn't that a sad moment, church? I am devastated. Everybody else has been picked, has been chosen, but now this team has just ended up with me. They didn't choose me, but now they've got me. There's two total opposite feelings, isn't there? There's the feeling of being chosen, of being picked, and then the feeling of just somebody ending up with you because they have to. The Bible says this in Genesis 1.1, says God created the heavens and the earth. God created everything that you see today in its majesty, in its splendor, in its wonder, in its glory. God created everything. But there was a divine itch left to scratch. God was missing a relational connection with his creation. Fast forward a bit in Genesis 1.12. God looks at his creation and says, and it was good. God didn't need anything else. He wasn't lacking. In fact, the Bible says five times God says that it was good. But because of God's heart, God's compassion, because of who he is, God in Genesis 1.26 creates mankind in his own image. In other words, God creates us to bridge the gap from himself as the creator to his creation. And today, I want to encourage you, church, you weren't created on accident. You weren't created by chance. You didn't just end up here because the divine cosmos made it that way. God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, picked you, chose you before the beginning of time. He didn't just end up with you because there was no one else left to pick. In fact, God in creation decided to create you. Wonderful, marvelous, beautiful, loved, 
chosen his creation. The peak, the pinnacle of his creation is you and I. Bible says in another place, says that we are his masterpiece created to do good works for him in Christ Jesus. I don't know where you've been, who's spoken over your life, who might have told you you were an accident, you've got no purpose, you won't amount to anything, you have no value. My Bible says today on this Easter Sunday that you are a masterpiece in God's eyes, created full of love, full of grace by a compassionate God. So as we move into this next item, I want you to take this moment to consider and remember that God chose you. Have you ever broken something? Honest people in the room, have you ever broken something? Back last year, we went on a family holiday to Portugal, right? Some people are just dreaming of holidays right now. I went to Portugal, and as we do in our family, we like to pick up a souvenir or a little memento for the holiday to, you know, remember the time spent. So Lysandra and I see this spoon holder, right? It's ceramic, it's colorful, it's beautiful. We're like, yes, we need that for the house because every time we're cooking at the hob, we'll put the spoon, the stir, whatever it is on that, and we'll think of good times in Portugal. Now, I know you're going to find this hard to believe, church, but one time I was cooking, and I was cooking my specialty, the tuna pasta bake. All you need is a pack of pasta, you cut up a pepper, preferably red, you grate yourself some parmesan, a couple hundred grams perhaps, depending on how excited you are at the prospect. You just need one of those glass jars full of the pasta mix, cut up a red onion, and if you're feeling extra special, you get some chorizo cut up as well. But you've already got the tuna on standby, ready to go. You heat the oven to 200 degrees, 180 degrees, either will do. Put it in there all together, mixed up, except the cheese, not quite the cheese. Put everything in for 25 minutes. You take it out, give it a stir, and then you put the cheese on. You put it back for another 20 minutes, and bon appetit. You have yourself a tuna pasta bake. Remember bringing it out the oven one time last year, and we had our we had our spoon holder right there, and I'm you know stirring it, I'm getting the plates out, I'm doing dinner, and you know when you're cooking and it's a little bit hot, you're rushed, you're not really thinking, and I remember going to put the spoon on after the stir, and I give the spoon holder a little knock, and I watch in slow motion as our ceramic spoon holder all the way from Portugal falls to the ground and splits in two. Oh my goodness, no amount of glue, Yoo-hoo glue, Pritt stick is going to put that bad boy back together. It is gone, right? And we still use it now, and it, half of it's there, and every time I look at it, I don't think Portugal anymore, I just think about the time that I broke it. All of us in life, if we're honest, have broken things, haven't we? Maybe for you it's something memorable, special at home. Perhaps it's trust. Perhaps it's a promise. For all honest, all of us have broken things before in life. The Bible says this in Romans 8.23. It says, all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We heard a little bit in the video about Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve in the garden, first man, first woman, broke God's trust brought sin into the world, and through their disobedience, fractured the relationship we had with God. It was now a broken relationship. 
But we can't just blame it all on Adam and Eve, can we? Because if we're all honest, all of us have fallen short like the Bible says. All of us have messed up. We're not perfect. We get it wrong. We get things wrong. We say the right things. We say the wrong things. All of us have had these moments where we've broken. And when we break things, you either need to repair it or you need something new. Now, the world is great, but the world is broken. Wars, rumors of wars, pandemics, epidemics, earthquakes, famines, floods. It was never intended to be this way. God created a perfect world, and through our disobedience, we fractured the relationship, and now we live in a broken world. But things, like I said, are broken, either need something fixed or need something new. And no amount of good works could restore this relationship. There's nothing that we could have done on our own strength or our own merit to make things right. So God, in his goodness, sends a Savior called Jesus, who doesn't just repent the relationship, but gives us something new and gives us access to a God who loves us. See, Jesus came and bridged the gap, came to give us hope and life, took on the sins, the hang-ups, the mess-ups, everything that we have done to separate us from God. And through his one act on the cross, taking on the punishment of the world, the punishment we were deserving because of our wrongs, he took it on himself, paid the price that we didn't have to pay, we no longer have to pay, and so we can have access into a relationship with the creator, God, who loves us, who's for us, who's not against us, who's not judging us, but is standing with open arms, ushering us in, welcoming us into this beautiful relationship with God. So in this next item, I want you to reflect on the Jesus who came to the cross to give his life for you. So where do we go from here? I want to suggest two things really quick. The first thing is we have power for this life. The Bible says this in Romans coming up on the screen. Romans 8 and verse 11 says this. And if the spirit of him who raised Christ Jesus from the dead is living in you, Here's the good bit. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Now, here's the thing. When we make a decision for Jesus, that doesn't mean that suddenly we put on this new clothing and we're perfect and we don't get things wrong. We don't mess up any longer. Of course we do. Of course we still make mistakes, get things wrong. It's not about behavior modification. This life is all about life transformation. So what happens is we are made new in Christ Jesus. So we have the power of God's Holy Spirit living inside of us, meaning we can live differently. Some of you have tried on your own to change. Maybe it's been a new year and you make resolutions and you want to be a better, nicer, grander person, but two months later you find yourself still doing the same things, still stuck in the same way. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, we're made new and we're given a helper full of power in order to do this life with Jesus. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, if anybody is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. I remember back in 2010 when I was looking for life in all the wrong spaces, all the wrong places. And somebody told me one night about how Jesus could change my life. 
And I remember getting down on my knees at my bedside table and I had no idea what I was praying, who I was praying to, but I knew I needed a savior in my life. And I prayed, Jesus, tonight I choose to give my life to you. I don't have it all worked out. In fact, this is weird talking to a God that I think might be there, but God, if you're real, if you love me like my friends say that you do, then come and change me from the inside out. I went to sleep that night, woke up the next day, and it literally felt like I put on new skin. I went to school happy for the first time ever, which was a miracle in itself. And the Bible talks about this, a new creation. In some senses, I was like shedding my old skin and putting on this new life of Christ. And suddenly, it was like the world was filled with color again. It was like the world that I was seeing and living in was black and white. It made sense to me in the moment, but it wasn't until I made a decision for Jesus and truly seen the world, world in color for the first time that everything made sense. See, you don't make a decision for Jesus and you're left to do it on your own, but Jesus gives you the power of the Holy Spirit. He's with you, giving you strength, giving you courage, giving you the ability to live this radical Jesus life that he's called you to. And the second thing I wanna suggest is this, is we have life beyond this life. John eleven twenty five. Jesus speaking, Jesus says this. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. Hey, life is short, isn't it? Temporary. In the grand scheme of what's been in humanity and the grand scheme of time and eternity and forever, this is short. This is but a glimpse. The Bible says Jesus comes to give us life and life in the fullest here right now. But more than that, we were created to spend eternity in heaven with God. That was God's original intention in the garden with humanity, that they would be with him, walking with him, in relationship with him. And Jesus, on this Easter Sunday, we celebrate a Savior that came, took on the hang-ups, the mess-ups of humanity, giving us another chance at forgiveness, another chance at life. I'm promising us that in the same way Jesus was resurrected from the dead, that too, when I pass this life, if my trust is in him, that doesn't mean I'm perfect. That doesn't mean I've done all the right things, crossed all the T's, dotted all the I's. Simply means that if I walk in relationship with the God who loves me, he sees my life through the lens of Jesus on the cross. He sees me as forgiven. And I get to spend eternity with God because that is truly what we were created for as humanity, to spend eternity with the God who loves us. When you make a decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life, you can rest easy at night. You're not sure what tomorrow will bring, not sure what next week will look like, but I know regardless of the storms, the challenges, the ups and downs that life brings, the mountaintops, the valleys low, I know that I'm anchored in Christ, that my eternity is secure in Him. And even though it might not make sense right here, right now, even though I live in the broken world, I know that one day I'll be with Him. Might not make sense now, but that's where I apply faith in the junction, that even though it might not make sense right here, right now, that one day I'll stand with Him and it will all make sense. Thank you for listening to this Audacious podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com.
We'd love for you to join us at one of our campuses, Manchester, Chester, or online, every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 12 p.m. 